It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Pleased to say uh, welcome to the show to uh, Craig Cumming, of course, uh, former Black Cap uh, commentator extraordinaire, um, but uh, of late too, uh, an ultra-successful uh, women's cricket coach uh, and also uh, has just been uh, given or applied for and been given a new role uh, with Otago Cricket, which I imagine uh, will expand into uh, Otago Sport as well in general. Um, Craig Cumming, good morning to you. It's been a little while. Uh, good morning, Smitty. And yeah, it has been. Uh, I missed you on the rugby, but obviously I felt you a bit being over there in Australia amongst those Australian commentators and you're trying to fight the flag. It was a little bit tough for you over there, though, wasn't it? It was a little bit tough. We'll get to that in a <laughs> minute, Sid, if we can. Uh, but I, I really would like to talk to you about the, this new role because um, uh, it's exciting. Uh, is, uh, tell us a wee bit about it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah it is exciting. I mean, um, people probably say, oh, he's just doing what he was normally doing because I, I have coached the Sparks for the last two years. But the difference was I, I did that. I still had a day job where I was director of sport at the Target Boys and Otago Cricket have made a decision that they wanted to invest more into the game and um, in the Sparks, um, and they needed a full-time coach, but someone also now to oversee and lead, I suppose, the development of our of our women's program uh, in the province of Otago because, you know, we, it's a space that's evolving very quickly, um, and, and it requires, you know, full-time hours, and, and even running the Sparks in the, in the, in the summer um, is... Yeah, pretty busy. So, you know, the schedules aligned to the men's and especially with the white ball and, you know, for the players to get, I suppose, increase their development and um, be able to get better and, and understand uh, the environment more. You need the person leading it to, to be fully invested in it and have the full-time capacity to do it. So Otago Cricket came up with this role. It was a wee bit nervous for me, Smithy, because um, I was leading the winter program, but I had to apply for it. Um, and it was tough while you were going to... With the training and you're you're running the the players um, and getting them prepared for the season, the, the the end result I didn't know if I was actually going to be coaching. I decided I wanted to do it. Um, I wanted to put my name forward. I think it's a really exciting time um, from you know not only a coaching space but to lead um, the development of a, a new program. But um, you know, like anything, you had to go through and I hate the word now, Smitty, the process and um, had put my best foot forward over a couple of interviews and. Um, you know, got selected, uh, was it last week, um, to, to be successful. So, um, you know, really exciting time. And, and what that means is I'll, I'll have to give up my job at Otago Boys, but I'll be there four years. And I can't wait, actually. You know, um, you know, my mind, Smitty, I love, love talking cricket. I love, you know, thinking about it. And, and now I'll actually have the, the ability to have, spend my days and, and focus on that and help develop the athletes and develop a program for we want to create white foods in the future. And, and to do that, though, you've got to have someone leading it and then spend time on it and develop that program. Uh, the other thing about it, and uh, I, I noticed this has uh, been creeping in, into women's sport, which is a wonderful thing, is not 
the pathway uh, to uh, the pathway when you, you first see this talent and you first recognise this talent. But the pathway doesn't really stop when you finish with this talent because they've got life to live after cricket as such. They're semi-professional. Um, you know, their, their, their salaries are, are going to increase, so they're not going to get any less. So it's becoming a much, much more professional, I think, for the want of a better word, at, um, atmosphere around the whole thing, uh, Craig, which leads on to a pathway after cricket, which you, I, I guess you've got to look at too very seriously. Yeah, it's, it's a very different environment. Like, I mean, we've got currently, obviously, the Bolts, you know, that they're on full-time contracts. So basically, every day they're training or doing something and they're expected to report to duty at 9am or it could be 6.30 and, and that's part of what they do. Whereas with um, in the female space, we, you know, especially domestically, we've got contracts, but their, their contracts are only, you know, a couple of grand and they, they still have to have lives. They still study, they still work, um, so we've got to actually fit our schedules uh, around their normal day-to-day life because they, they can't make a living off it. Um, the match payments have increased um, and aligned to, to the men's, which is good because they, they still put in the same effort and they go through the same emotions. But you're right, and that means even more so when, you know, from a coaching point of view, some of it's been really tough for me because I have a day job as well that you're not that flexible to work with the players because some of them can do stuff in the mornings or some of them can do stuff in the afternoons or in the evenings and you've got to be flexible and be able to try and work with them to allow them to live their lives. But in saying that, they, there's also more expectation now and, and you know it when it's on TV, um, you know, we, we want the standard to increase, we want the players to develop and to do that we've actually got to spend time probably more individually instead of having the old team training and we all get together in the nets um, and we do our two or three hours we've got to spend time developing the skills and developing um, you know everything to do with the athlete so that means you've got to have someone being able to be flexible and have more time and actually give them um, I suppose the support they need so um, you know there are great carrots now though Smithy I mean you know our white ferns are they're on you know they play they get contracted they could earn six figures so um, you want to you want to keep that inspiration there, but you've also got to be really careful to balance it out and make sure. And one of the things I've learned, especially in the last couple of years, but I also learned as a player that we need to make sure that they're playing for the right reasons. I I talk about it being pure Smithy. They still play because they love the game and they love being around each other. So we never want to lose sight of that because that actually motivates them to get better as well. Okay, let's look at um, your breeding ground as such. Um, and on the back of your success, uh, which you obviously had in the Halliburton uh, Johnson, uh, I, I just wonder what is your squad looking like this year? What are the numbers looking like in Otago women's cricket as such? What's your what's your school set up? Your club set up as such? Where, where, how deep is your breeding ground all of a sudden? Yeah, that, and that's a big part of of the new role. But because what happens is, I mean, I I, I said I learnt more in the last two years probably than the players um, around the, the the environment around. The programs um, this year in Otago, we don't have a club competition for our female athletes. We're getting one underway. Uh, we don't have an A program. So basically in the past, Smithy, our players have gone from playing at school. And if you're really good, you're in the Sparks. Next thing you know, you're going up and you know, you're playing at first class level. So we need to develop that pathway from under 19s to the A program into, a, um, into the Sparks and actually allow the players to develop physically technically and mentally so that the big big focus this year is getting players playing more we literally i've got a group of sparks who grew up who really only ever played cricket for a target they've played no other cricket and if we don't have any scheduled games for the sparks they don't play cricket they basically just have the weekend off or they might train so we need to get more playing opportunities not just um here but around the country and playing other teams as well and we've got to be careful again mindful that they're not full-time athletes um so we've got to balance that up 
But we've got to get more playing opportunities. We've got to get the girls playing, uh, you know, club cricket, A cricket, um, you know, fingers crossed, maybe even touring to Australia, um, getting some of our athletes, and they're really keen now to go over and play in the off-season in the UK or maybe go to Australia in September. We've just got to get them playing more, Smitty, because their, their awareness of the game's getting better and better. But the more they play, the more they're around um, cricket, that's where they learn the most. And the interesting thing, too, for me, right here as we look at the... Um uh, the White Ferns in particular, and we look at your side, the Sparks, and we we, we look in, and who they look up to. Okay, Susie Bates, long-term yeah. uh, White Fern, absolutely world-class player, and they think, gosh, she's been around the scene so long, I've got to wait forever. No, you don't, uh, Otago Sparks, because you look at Eden Carson, just 21 years of age, now has made the jump, and, and there's an immediate pathway. Absolutely, yeah, and, and even looking at the White Ferns, you know, um, there are plenty of opportunities. I mean, there, there are three girls, I think, in there at that moment that are, you know, still under 19s. Um, you know, Georgia Plummer's still young. She's only developing. She's only played a year and a bit. You've got, um, you know, Fran Jonas again. Um, so it shows that if you've got the talent at the moment, we are missing that middle bracket. We're missing that bracket at the moment just below that from a, a women's game. But also the quality, you know, maybe the question is Amy Sathaway, should she be there, should she not? Um, but there are real opportunities. And what it just shows, even Eden, she went to the con games and performed really well in the game. They're not far off, but we, we need to produce more. We need to have that A program or, or that next tier below getting jam-packed with players who are playing, have got experience, but more importantly, Smitty, have also scored runs, taken wickets and fielded. Um, at the moment, you know, one or two performances can be enough to get you into the top bracket. We need, we need to strengthen that up. And, you know, we know when we talk about the Black Caps, the strength of the Black Caps side is what's actually the guys pushing the guys below that. So from a woman's point of view, there's a lot of work, but it's also really exciting because I think, I always talk about paying the players more doesn't give you better results, but resourcing programs and getting um, more coaches involved, full-time coaches in this instance, you know, more resource coaching, then that's going to help our program out long-term. We're going to develop better cricketers. We're going to give them more experience. They're going to have better tools when they actually turn up into the white ferns, and then they're going to get better performances. And um, the more we do that, then our top end is going to take care of itself. But got to really work hard in the next couple of years in the space. And for us, it's even below that. Um, you know, Christchurch has got a really good setup. They've always had club cricket. Auckland's got club cricket, um, but the other provinces don't. We've got to get more of it. But to do that, Smitty, as well, we've got to have the numbers playing. So part of this role is I want to try and inspire young girls who are playing, you know, maybe 12, 13 and 14 to stay in the game, to get inspired, to keep going and keep playing give them fun, give them enjoyment, and then eventually they'll come into that bracket where we look after them from a performance point of view. The other thing that's always interest, uh, of interest to me down in Dunedin is, is historically um, the university has played a, a huge part in the development of sporting teams down there. You don't have to look at rugby. Uh, we know that. Yep. It's quite transient in that regard. Is that the same in, in women's cricket? Do you rely on the university for that middle group that have come to town to further their education, etc., but have been cricketers in other provinces? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's a great point because um, you think of, you know, the, the heyday of Otago rugby, you know, how many people come down. And I think we're starting to go back to it. The problem we have with cricket is that um, the terms finish in end of October and a lot of the athletes that come down here uh, then go back home because it's the, it's, the, it's the varsity holidays. But what we need to do is, and part of this is, again, identifying any of the players that come down to them. And actually they see that we've got a quality program down here and they stay. And they're willing to stay through the months of December and January and early February when they, they're not um, you know, at varsity because they want to be cricketers. And if we can create a really meaningful program 
and align, use that as one of our big tools, not only actually in the, the female but in the male space, um, then that is a great asset for us. But we've got to actually, we've got to have a program first. But there's no point promising the world to people that come down if we don't have anything to deliver to them. So if we can do that, then the, the university becomes a huge um, tool. And as well as, I mean, the university have scholarships, Smitty. They do. They have performance scholarships. So can we align with them and the Polytech uh, to try and entice athletes down here? We still want to produce our own. Don't get me wrong. We want to make sure that uh, we're developing our own here. But you're always going to need a little bit of help here and there. And if we can have people knocking on the door because they want to stay here, um, that is a big big jewel in our crown if we use it well. Sounds exciting. Uh, it really does. Yeah. So I look forward to hearing more, more about What's the program looking like, actually, for women's cricket? I know there's... Uh, it doesn't get any smaller. So domestically, uh, Halliburton Johnson, and of course you've got the, the women's version of the Super Smash, etc. So how busy is this year? Yeah, all locked in. Yeah, it's um, you know we've got to, it's we, we get underway in November. Uh, have a little break early December, so the H the 50 over start, and then we have a break because um, the White Ferns are playing Bangladesh here in early December, and then basically from about the 15th we play another round of 50 overs, and then it's all go with the Super Smash. Really, the next two months are, are chocker. Um, so, you know, there'll be there'll be a lot of cricket. Um, there was talk, I think, about some more games, but for us, you know, we don't we want to have an opportunity for an A program and that sort of stuff in there. But no, no, it's. Um, it won't take long to roll around. I can tell you some of the... We're training on grass in Dunedin at the moment, believe it or not. Do you know that? On grass in September. No. We've got a really? big marquee up, actually. Yeah, no, we've got a mar- You know, those <laughs> state-of-the-art marquees. But I tell you what, yeah, yeah. last night we had a southerly hit, Smithy. It was about two degrees outside. But we were training in under a marquee, bone dry, on grass. The lights are on. Uh, it was fantastic. And, and the vaults are using it too. So by the areas that are making big gains um, around the country um, and giving our players the best chance uh, to prepare. Because as you know, training indoors on artificial pitches, uh, concrete bottoms, it, it just doesn't produce good cricketers. You don't learn the skills you need. So, no, no, we're in there. And uh, even I'm getting the ball to turn a bit in those nets. With so, um, you know, it's, it's good. It's good. We're training on grass. You're turning it, mate. If you're turning it, the world is a new place. Uh, all right, let's 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 draw a line under that and start on the other issue. I, I was desperate to talk to you about, and that, of course, is uh, the demise of the Black Caps. And it was a demise in Australia because if we were completely and utterly outplayed and had no chance uh, in any of the games, I'd run with it and just say Australia are a much better cricket team. So be it. Uh, we had winning opportunities, uh, perhaps in all three of those games. Couldn't take it. Is there is there a, a mental phobia? Is there a, something there that you can see from the outside that stops us beating them? I don't know if there is. I mean, I mean, you know the guy. I don't think this black cap side um, has mental barriers against anyone. I, I just think at the moment, and I was trying to work it out. I was trying to probably come up with the the excuse that we haven't played a lot of one day cricket, um, and we haven't since the two thousand and nineteen. And it looked like we just lost how to play the game. We'd, we'd lost our understanding of what the game's about. And, you know, but then I thought about it. Well, when I, we've been to the West Indies. Uh, you know, we've had all these tours through Ireland, Scotland and Holland. And I actually think, Smitty, what's happened in the last... Since 2019, we've, got, we've obviously had COVID, but we've also had all these tours where... Would you, up until this tour, actually know who our best players are and also what positions they fit into? And, and I thought about it. I thought, well, actually, I don't think we do because... One, we haven't played enough, but because we've sort of rolled out so many different teams on all these different tours and players don't go here and go there, I think we've lost, we've lost our identity as in who our best players are. And I think the players might have lost a little bit of their understanding of what their roles are. And 
we've got to find that really quickly because we're at the top of the tree. We're, we're going we're going down the hill the other side pretty quickly, and um, I think that last game might have showed you know what they've well, actually might have recognised that. But again, now we lose Trent Bolt potentially, and we've got to find our best team and actually get them understanding the style of cricket we want to play and get them doing it because I don't think it's a mental barrier with Australia. I, I really don't. I just think at the moment um, we we just. For some reason, they seem to go up and we don't. But you're right. I mean, I was sitting there. Well, there were many opportunities to win, especially those first two games. But, I mean, we just couldn't knock them off. And then they got too many with the bat. But we need to find a way. But I think this is not just against Australia. I think we need to find our identity. And, I, and then I forgot, and, and you'll be a great one to remind me, we've also lost Ross Taylor. Um, and, yeah. you know, we, we're world-class number four. And number four is a really important position in one-day cricket. And... You know, Ross is averaging in the mid-40s. Uh, as his record's as good as anyone in the world. And you also probably forget the calmness and, and the confidence that he gives players in the changing room. And often that can just be a simple word of trust yourself. Let's go out. Trust me. And, and we've lost Ross, and Kane's not in great form. So when you think about our success in the, in the last sort of 10 years, it's been built on those two in our middle order. We've lost one of the major rocks, and the other one's battling a wee bit with four. I think it'll come right, Kane, but it's just taking him some time. Okay, well, here's a, a text that has come in from Rob whilst you've been speaking. Uh, Smithy, it's not only this series we have done this. The test matches in England, we got into winning positions and didn't deliver. If Baz was captain in the last series, I bet we would have put Aussie away. We need to play a more aggressive game of cricket. Therefore, uh, Kane Williamson's position on the side is undoubted as a batsman. What about um, his ability now um, that he's getting on a bit? He's got injury issues as such. To captain our team in all three forms of the game. It's a rarity in world cricket. Yeah, and bang on, it really is. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Kane's style of captaincy is it's a little bit um, slower uh, the way he does, especially when he captains on the field. Uh, slower as in, you know, Baz would have four slips, two gullies, and then, you know, two guys in close if he could. Um, Kane's more methodical, he's more calculated. Um, and, yeah, it's right. I mean, it's, it's a tough gig, even coaching. You know, all three forms, you know, with Gary Stead there, it's a tough thing to do. And then the captaincy, the only thing is who's the next captain uh, in each format. I mean, it's Tom Latham. Now, Tom's not a aggressive by nature sort of captain or a Brendan Cullum style captain either. He's more probably along the lines of Kane. So, you know, I'm not quite sure. Again, it's hard to know because, you know, I still can't work out who our best 11 is. And that includes Test Cricket Smithy. I mean, we're at a stage now where we haven't played a spinner since he got 10 wickets in an innings. Um, you know, what's our best 11 when it comes to test cricket at the moment as well? So I, I think we're just, we need to find that really, really quickly uh, and invest in that and, and find out what the next two or three years look like. And I, I sort of thought they maybe did that in that one-day uh, game. I won the area that I did notice that we probably, you know, Lockie Ferguson didn't quite have the same impact he's had in the past bowling first change. If he was able to pick up some more wickets, I think that would have made a big difference because Trent Bolt did a really good thing. They're not far off. They're not far off, but the problem the back caps have got is that we've got high expectations of them now, Smitty. We're expect, we want them to be at the top of the tree, and we, we expect them to be. So um, they're going to have to find the formula really, really quickly. We've got some quality players out there, so that's not a problem. You know, Glenn Phillips has showed, you know, um, but again, you know, where do they all fit in? You know, Conway's gone from middle water to top. You know, does Phillips fit in? What's Daryl Mitchell's role? I mean, he's become one of the most valuable players. Michael Bracewell, um, you know, he's playing Test cricket, one-day cricket, T20 cricket. So, but we leave East Sodia home. 
So I don't know. It's, um, they've got to find their best players and, and find their identity really quickly. Always great catching up with you, Craig. Um, congratulations on your new appointment. I know that Otago women's cricket now will go forward at a great rate of knots now that you've been given that opportunity. So I uh, look forward to, <laughs> to watching the progress. You're biased, yeah. Yes, I know. I know I am. Uh, you know, uh, I can tell you that in the Fox uh, commentary box, uh, they have makeup artists uh, dabbing makeup on you. They have bl- people taking lint off your jackets and all sorts of things. You know, comfy chairs, all the technology in front of you. You know, the, the one thing that's missing at the start of every day, don't you? Uh, they, no one would make you a cup of tea. There you go. The most no important one, part no of the one, day. No, yeah, no one makes you a cup of Dilma tea. It was fantastic, no. mate. I miss it. Okay. Uh, great catching up, mate. Awesome. Uh, all the very best. Uh, and um, we'll, we'll stay in touch. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. No problems. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.